The Dream 3 Podcast, episode number 43. It's overreaction Monday in the NFL after week one. We got a lot to talk about. Let's get into it. We're back, episode number 43. We've taken a couple weeks off, but you know what? It's NFL time, NFL season. Week one is finishing up right now. The Broncos and the uh, Seattle Seahawks are playing on Monday Night Football. We got to experience football all day Sunday, and it is time for overreaction Monday. How bad our team sucked. Who's going to be terrible this year? It's our time to talk about that right now and how that's going to affect card markets right now and for the future we'll start right off the top neil your rams couldn't get the job done uh what happened i i said this on my on my instagram the bills look like a team that has been training for the season since february and the rams have looked like a team that they've been celebrating since february and i think that's that's pretty much sums it up yeah. There's got 17 weeks left to hopefully turn it around. It also helps that, you know, the uh, the entire NFC West didn't win today. Minus the Seahawks who are playing now, but or didn't win this weekend. So that helps us. Yeah, it, it seemed like if you look around the league, a lot of the teams that we had picked in the in the early offseason or late offseason, you know, really struggled. The Cincinnati Bengals, Joe Burrow didn't seem like, you know, Joe Franchise or Joe Cool is what we named him out to be, you know, four turnovers. Um, the Colts definitely did not show up. Uh, no. It, it was a very weird, weird start to the season. The 49ers did not look great at all. They ended up losing to the Bears. I mean – you could go anywhere, any place, and, and, you know, like everyone says, it's overreaction Monday, so the, the sky is falling in, and we'll talk about the, you know, from my point of view from the Colts, like, you know, at first I felt like Matt Ryan looked like a uh, just a just a little slightly older version of Carson Wentz. I mean, he the only thing he did was get the ball out quicker, but I also didn't see – the Indianapolis offensive line block for him pretty well paying Quentin Nelson, $80 million wasn't much of a change. Um, you know, Alec Pierce rookie dropped a touchdown pass in the end zone. Uh, Ashton Doolin got a pass knocked out of his hands in the end zone. And then Frank Wright's play calling, you know, it's death taxes and Frank Wright screwing it up in the red zone of just some ridiculous play calling. Like, the Wildcat offense that hasn't worked since Ricky Williams was a running back in the NFL, and that it's been only a long time. Then that only worked for half a season. Like you're going to tell that's, me that's when weed was cool. Now it's you're, not. You're going to tell me that Naheem Hines and and uh, Jonathan Taylor in the backfield. You know, you send one linebacker to tackle one guy. You send the other linebacker to tackle the other guy. Like it's not that hard to defend the Wildcat, um, and just you know, getting it down, putting it on the kicker. Kicker shanks a 42 yard field goal. Like it was just bad all over. I mean, we tied with the Texans. That's another thing I hate about the NFL right now is there are ties. Like there should never be a tie in a football game. Now, now going off of this, because I, I, I think the tie in the football game is just stupid. Do you make it a um, like college where you start on the 20 yard line or 25 yard line? And then just because, I mean, if you think about it, what people care about, what the NFL cares about is touchdowns and exciting plays Mm-hmm. Putting them in the red zone is going to make it exciting. So, I agree. I mean, use the college system, um, especially if we're we're going back to it, what what's the rule? Is the rule now that each team gets a possession? Each team gets a possession, and um, on the second overtime, you have to go for two. Okay, so if you turn the NFL overtime rules into the college ones, where you get to start at the twenty-five. I don't see why that wouldn't be a, you know, a legitimate answer to the overtime rules. Um, you want to, like you said, the NFL wants to see touchdowns, two point conversions, big plays. I mean, putting the defense in that spot is a tough, you know, with their backs on the 25 going in. Um, 
But if you're the Colts and you have Frank Wright who can't call red zone play to save his life, we'll we'll call the same three, you know, play action draws to Jonathan Taylor all game. You know, I think it would be great to see, and uh, you're going to end up. I think there's less chance of injury because you're not having to drive up and down the field. I mean, 25 yards, I think that's better for player health. What do you think? I mean, I don't think I don't I don't think player health is necessarily an issue at that point. I think it's truly just a matter of you have the best of the best players playing against each other and nobody wants to see no points scored. Like what was it? Two years, two or three years, three or four years ago. Now we had that game where um, the Cardinals and the there's the Cardinals and the Seahawks, and the game ended like three to six or something, or six to six or something stupid in overtime, and it was a tie, and no one scored a touchdown. Like nobody wants to see that. Like people, like at least you put them on the twenty-five yard line, someone's going to score some points, and it's going to help out fantasy teams, and it's going to help out and going to help out people it's going to make the game more exciting well it also like you look at levy smith i mean he's got 20 seconds left and he's punting the ball on fourth and two in overtime like there's no sense of urgency to win and nfl overtime like it's if you don't score or get you know deep within field goal range it seems like teams just you know are ready to surrender and will yep. take the tie which that shouldn't be you know part of the game uh, yeah, because the be. tie a tie helps you out in the long run better than a loss does. So it does. It's almost like early on in the season, like you take the tie. Like I'm wondering why you know, like um, a few of those games at the end of last year, like the Raiders and the Chargers, like if they just ended the game in a tie, they both would have made the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so. a lot of big injuries this weekend. Uh, Dak Prescott last night fractured his thumb. He's out six to eight weeks. That's going to be tough on the, on the Cowboys who I don't think had a great team anyway. Um, they were going to have to, well, here's Micah Parsons is carrying that team. Oh yeah. And I, I think from a defensive, from a defensive perspective, I think they were okay. I think their problem, I mean, they only gave up one touchdown. I think their issue is they were on the field constantly long drives and the offense couldn't help them. No. And I, I, yeah. I you call it the Mike McCarthy play calling, but I mean, I didn't think they were, I didn't think they were healthy to begin with. I mean, the offensive line for Dallas is missing. The rooms is missing Tyron Smith. They, I think on the second or third play, they lost McGovern for a little while. Um, I mean, they're battered and bruised. It's not the same old line that they had a few years ago. Um, so, and the, and you know, the split share with Zeke and, and Tony Pollard, it's just, it's not very conducive for an exciting offense that needs to score points to be able to win games. Great. Um, so, uh, and TJ, now they're without their quarterback. So, reigning defensive player of the year, TJ Watt, tears his pec. Um, is he out for the year? Well, you tell me. You're the you're the athletic trainer. Is it if it's a full tear, they'll probably put him out for the year. But I I'm, but if it's a partial, they'll probably rehab him. I don't think years. they have an exact answer of how bad it is. I think. The MRI. Well, I would have expected the MRI to be out today. That's why I wondered. Yeah, I. There was a little bit. I saw like four months, so I don't know if that's. So. Tear. Um. Who was it? Uh, JJ Watt. Didn't he have a pec tear last year? Yeah, last year, a couple years ago. So I don't know, he he had a pec tear last year. First. I think it was like the third game of the season, and he was back for the playoffs. The playoffs, yeah, which would have been right around four months, essentially. Man, that that's tough, though. Do you an injury like that? You don't. I think really, you're conservative with TJ Watt, to be honest. You have to. You've just paid him a bunch of money. You want him to be a long term face of your franchise. Don't rush him back. I mean, you weren't, you weren't with this year, you weren't looking to be a Super Bowl champion type team. You were looking to maybe scrounge your way to get to the playoffs. And even then, that's asking a lot. Well, it's just like, you know, Cowboys, uh, is it Tyron Smith who tore his hamstring off the bone? I, I can't remember what his injury was. I'm pretty it sure. It might have been. 
I'm pretty sure he tore the hamstring off the bone. And then Jerry said, they'll get him back before the season ends. Like, dude, like hamstrings are, are a long recovery time. And especially somebody who's that pivotal of your team, you don't rush injuries back like that. I, I can see an, an, an offensive lineman is a little bit different than a skill position player. Um, when it comes to hamstrings, I mean, a lot of bit different because you really don't have to, it's not about speed and acceleration as much as it is about just being in the way sometimes. Um, so I can see where they can get by with that, but I don't, I, it doesn't sound like if, if it's a full hamstring tear off the bone, grade three, being back and actually being healthy by the time the season ends, it's very, very hard to do. And like you said, hamstrings are actually one of the worst injuries um, as far as the rehab process because they constantly get re-aggravated, yes. uh, which makes it very, very difficult to get back to 100%. Oh, dude, I had a, I had a grade two post my playing career. I, was, I did a grade two while I was racing, and it took a year for me to get back. Yeah. It took a, yeah. a full year for me to recover. And I remember... I remember tearing it and hearing it and I can still hear it in my mind. And it was three like big long tears. And I just fell straight down and said, I need to go to the hospital. And the next day I woke up and from the top of my butt to the back of my knee was black. Yeah. It was terrible. And couldn't, couldn't walk, like couldn't walk on that leg for six months and was just hobbling around. And Oh my, it was couldn't couldn't take a full squat for almost eight months. It was bad. Like yeah. hamstrings are no no fun to deal with. Yep, high ham mid bellies are a little bit better, um, but typically those mid belly to high hamstrings are take a lot take a lot to come back from. So um, I think that's I think that's something that probably gets overlooked when it comes to wide receivers and running backs. How important that is in the acceleration and deceleration process mm-hmm. and how much they're, how much you really think about what they're playing through. And I think it probably from a global perspective, we probably need to all realize, you know, what they're going through and how tough it is to go out there and play exactly. with, and do what they're doing. Exactly. You know? So, so let's talk um, about teams who, who looked good this weekend that we kind of, you know, maybe weren't expecting. I thought the Philadelphia Eagles looked pretty good. I thought the Dolphins were above average. They weren't great, but you know they smoked the Patriots. Um, I thought the I'm Giants. Say the Dolphins looked exactly what I thought they would look like, and they, it didn't seem like they took a step up. If that makes any sense, it, it seemed they like- looked like a team who had an extra player to actually score touchdowns when they needed it. And they beat the Patriots, who's a team that I don't expect much from this year. Yeah, uh, I don't think Tua looked killer. He missed some some really bad throws. Um, one throw that they're you know, oh, he put it up so only his receiver can get it. The the play to Tyreek Hill where that ball should have been intercepted because he just floated it, and somehow Tyreek jumps up and snags it from the defender. Um, yeah. Way too many 50-50 balls, but you know. They won. Uh, Philadelphia's pretty good. The Giants, man, that's that's a team that could be if you can is get that, Dan, Daniel that Jones much, head right. Is that as much the Giants playing better, or is it as much as the Titans playing bad? I think it's. I think the the Giants' new coach is exactly who they needed. They needed a guy who is. You know, not afraid to gamble, not afraid to go into the trenches. You know, you got a healthy Saquon Barkley who looked pretty good. As long as you can keep Daniel Jones's head on his shoulders and keep him in the game and not make, you know, mistakes or fumble the football, you know, the Giants, I'm not saying they could be a contender for the playoffs, but they're going to win some games and they're going to show, you know, at least they can hang on to Saquon and Daniel Dimes' career for a little bit. Yeah. I mean, the, didn't the Titans lose to the Jets last year? Yes. And then yes. they ended up getting the one seed. So, I mean, overreaction there. Maybe maybe, maybe the Giants really aren't that good. Maybe they just had a one-off game. 
Or it is week one. Are the are the 49ers not that good and the Bears are good? I know the I know the field played a factor, but you think a Trey Lance is a running quarterback, Debo Samuel, and the rest of those playmakers couldn't stop Justin Fields and a a a, a Bears team who's who was going into week one the 32nd overall ranked team. Yeah. I think Trey Lance just played awful, to be honest. And I honestly, I didn't know the. I should have researched it more because I had him playing on my one of my fantasy teams. I think it was in our league, playing against you. So actually, uh, congratulations on the win. You 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 kicked me right in the wiener. Smoked you. You smoked me. Um, and uh, no, I thought I, I thought Trey Lance looked terrible. I didn't think the offense. I mean, you have Debo, you have Brandon Ayuk. Elijah Mitchell gets injured in the second second quarter, but Trey Lance looked like he couldn't grip a ball to save his life out there. And I get it. It was a monsoon, but just run the ball then. So with, with Trey Lance struggling, if you're Jimmy G, are you on the sidelines like, yeah, it's about to be my time again? Or are you like trying to help this kid? Uh, I don't know much about Jimmy G from that perspective, but if I'm Jimmy G and I'm kind of mad about this kid and the kid plays like crap, I'm like, I could have at least got you into the end zone. Yeah. You know, um, from that. I mean, if you think about it, Jimmy Garoppolo got them to the NFC championship game, just being a game manager. It's not mm-hmm. like he played great. Yep. He's played good enough to win. And right now, I mean, overreaction, but Trey Lance doesn't look like he could do that. So, um, okay. I was surprised by that. I really yeah. was. I thought they were going to smoke him. What are your thoughts on Lamar turning down the contract offer from the Ravens? Six years, I think in total it was two hundred something million, a uh, hundred and sixty something guaranteed. Turns it down because he's kind of looking for that Deshaun Watson type deal. I- I don't know from an athletic perspective where they where they feel like the difference between making two hundred and fifty million dollars over six years and two hundred and seventy five million dollars over six years is that big of a deal. You're making more money than generations of kids will ever see in their entire life life and I I just I don't know. I feel like you sometimes you have to be like real with yourself and NFL athletes just, they aren't, they want the best. And I, I mean, I understand you got to get all your money, but I mean, you may only play four years. You may get banged up and bruised, but if you make $50 million, it's $49 million more than most people make ever. Well, and it's also, you know, NFL players are starting to now dabble with a fully guaranteed contract, which is which is rare because NFL players have never had fully guaranteed contracts. And yeah. there are no guarantees in an NFL contract, unlike baseball and, and basketball, which, you know, it is the number one driving sport in America. It's the most popular sport. That's why it's got the, the giant TV contracts and everything like that. So. Are we? Is this going to be more of a normal of a two hundred million dollar fully guaranteed contract? I think if I think if you look at like what did Mahomes get? Half a ten years, like five hundred mil. Five hundred mil. So if you take and his isn't fully guaranteed. No. So if you take like let's say you dumb it down then and you say okay well I'm not going to give you ten years fifty or five hundred million I'm going to give you five years. And I'm going to give you 250 million guaranteed, or I'm going to give you five years, 200 million guaranteed, or six years, 200 million guaranteed. It's all guaranteed. Mahomes may not yeah. make that much. He could blow his leg out, or, or just turn into a terrible person, another massage parlor, you know, wannabe, Deshaun Watson wannabe, and then all of a sudden they cut him and he doesn't get the money. Yep. So I, I feel like if you get guaranteed money on the line, you got to take it. And I don't think I, I personally I don't think Lamar should be betting on himself if he has thirty five million dollars for over six years guaranteed. What I don't like is right Lamar going into the season not with a contract. 
because if he gets hurt, then all of his chips are off the table. Yeah, but here, here's the thing. What are the Ravens going to be able to go out and get that's better than Lamar Jackson? True, but if, if Lamar has a Alex Smith-type injury and your yeah, career yeah, ends yeah, you screw on, your organization. on one, one snap, then what do the Ravens have to go find somebody else? I mean, Trace McSorley is not going to do it. And Tyron no, Taylor. I'm with you on that. But like, that's the, that's the kind of the thing you, you don't go into a, a, a contract year without a deal. Um, I, there's been numerous players who've done that, you know, had bet on themselves and then got hurt that contract year. And, you know, there, there goes all your money. Well, it, I will say to counter that, Dak Prescott went into that contract year without a contract, broke his leg, and then somehow managed to get $35 million after the year. Which doesn't I think that's Jarrah being Jarrah. But now look at him. Like, congrats, you made it to week one. Now you're out for another eight weeks. Yep. Cowboy fans no, are going to want your head. So at the end of this year, I guarantee they're looking for quarterbacks in the draft. Yeah. I mean, is it that or is it Mike McCarthy? Well, I think Mike McCarthy's a scrub anyway, and you know Sean Payton's going to take over that team next year. I still don't think Sean Payton makes Dak a great quarterback. I think he I think the play calling and the scheming makes him a more explosive offense. But Mike McCarthy, you just you, sometimes you just question what he's drawing up. Like the two like reverse passes oh that my they God. were trying I'm like I'm sitting the, here thinking, why doing? does it's the third quarter? Why does CD Lamb have 16 yards receiving? He yes, he should like, have 100 is, yards in the is, first half. Why is CD Lamb not getting the ball more? Why is Tony Pollard not catching the ball out of the backfield? Why is Zeke? Why are you trying to hand the ball right up the middle to Zeke 30, 40 times a game? Like Dalton Schultz, man, like check down, be check down, Charlie, like. There's no reason why, and I'm not saying this because I had a bunch of parlay bets on the, on that game last night, even though I did, but that obviously helped me follow it a little bit more. But C.D. Lamb not getting the ball, and now when Dak gets hurt, you know you got a quarterback that's definitely not getting. C. You think Lamb part of that is Todd Bowles and the way he plays defense? No, I bet. I bet if it wasn't Todd Bowles, I bet if it was, you know, Eberflus and the Bears you would have the exact same offensive scheme for Mike McCarthy. Yeah, but I'm saying execution wise. I think I think I think Tampa Bay has a real plays in a really aggressive style and I think Mike McCarthy just doesn't know how to handle that. I think oh, that's abs- the problem. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think, you know, Tampa Bay's got some killers with Devin White, uh Vita Vea, you know, they got lockdown corners. They're very aggressive defense for sure. Yeah. I assume James is referring to the Buccaneers. James is a huge Buccaneers fan. Yes. Uh, the Bucks defense, I would not say is better than what it was in years past um, because of injuries and th- people you've let go. But, but your two linebackers are some of the best linebackers, the best linebacking core in, in all football, that and the 49ers. I would I would say are probably the two best linebacking cores in football. And that off, helps. Off topic real quick, but also still in the NFL. Did you see Le'Veon Bell knock out Adrian Peterson? I, I did. I did. Oh, oh my goodness. <laughs> I I was like, <laughs> you know what? Uh, he, he was doing that for Adrian's kid. He was doing that for Adrian. <laughs> Hey, if more NFL guys are gonna get into the boxing, I'm here to watch. Like, yeah, I, I mean, you think about it, just put up, put up every scrub against each other and just watch them whale. Love it. I'm I mean, in. Lyle Alzada, who played for the Raiders and the and the Broncos, boxed Muhammad Ali at Mile High. Yeah. So you know, Love it. I'm I'm here to watch it. I'll watch Taylor Luan versus, you know. Name another offensive tackle. No, 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 no. Taylor Lewan versus like Joey Bosa, Michigan, Ohio State. Oh, that'd be that'd be pretty fun to watch. Yeah, it would be. It would but be. I dig- but I digress. All right, what do you want to move on to? Okay. Um. Well, I just want to say, 
The Dream 3 podcast took a major L in NFL this week. You, me, except your fantasy team. Both my fantasy teams took an L. That's but because I drafted unbiasedly. <laughs> you were the only one who managed to, to do something. And I will say, I think it was purely – I uh, well, my team just didn't play well, but – Hey, do, hey, what's up with people taking three quarterbacks in the first six rounds, and then I'm left here picking up Matthew Stafford in the tenth? I don't know. I got lucky with the first pick. You know, taking Jonathan Taylor is obvious because he's. We need to talk because I need Brady on my team. I'm the commissioner. Let's we can we can set up a trade. We'll, I do we'll have talk Tom it. Brady. We'll talk it out. Well, I do have Tom Brady, but yeah. Um, yeah, but you have Herbert. You'll be fine. That's true. It's gonna be the um, NFL MVP. Oh yeah! Besides our besides our fantasy league, like um, my FanDuel and DraftKings account took a major swing and miss this weekend. Yeah. Like <laughs> yes, I would be so close. Like I had a plus five fifty bet on Jonathan Taylor to go over a hundred yards and two touchdowns, and here we are on the one yard line running the wildcat. Yep. Ah. Uh, I had I had parlays in the Bengals game of like Jamar Chase catching a touchdown, which he did. Joey Burrow going over 250, which he did. Uh, Joe Mixon needed to score, didn't. And then uh, something else. And I'd, I'd always be like uh, one every or two kicker out. Are both kickers missing two field goals? Getting blocked? Oh, just... Craig was texting me because obviously he's a huge. Yeah, I know Steelers. Oh, oh, what a heart. And obviously that's going on the same time as the Colts game. And, you know, just what a day for kickers. And James texted me like right as Hot Rod's lining up. He goes, my, he goes, this dog about to win it for you. And that sucker went right wide, right. He texted me again. He goes, damn. So that dude's (laughs) not going to make it on the bus. Nope. And after today's press conference, it doesn't sound like he's going to be on the team much longer. Yep. So, um, all right. So also this past weekend was UFC fight night. Nope. 279. 279. I couldn't remember. Um, we had how many people miss weight? Seven. Seven. So, so Caleb, you were in MMA. We'll, we'll just play a little Q and a right now. Yep. You you you've you've have how many fights? Uh in MMA three. Three. Okay. You have three fights. Uh-huh. And how many of those fights did you make weight? <laughs> All three. <laughs> okay. And what is the only thing other than fight in the ring that you have to do to fight in an MMA fight? All you gotta do is make weight. Why is it so difficult for these people to try and make weight and then make a fool of themselves when they don't make weight and then they just laugh it off? Like it doesn't matter. I don't know. And it, it seems obviously we're talking about Shemaev, you know. Who's supposed to be. I mean, if we're thinking in the world of cards, he is the biggest. Um, he is the Patrick Mahomes right now of MMA. Yeah, yeah, uh, yes, yes. Like if you're if you're if you got some Shamayev cards, you're you are banking on him being the unstoppable force that everybody thinks he is, which he, yeah. he showed that you know he is so far. Um, so the weight thing seems funky. So he fought Gilbert Burns last, struggled to make that weight, but still made it. Now his coach was on Ariel Hawani's show today. And then Dana also said in, in the post-fight press conference that Tuesday he came in. Tuesday when he got to Vegas, he was 22 pounds over week up, <laughs> which which is not, you know, DC said that's not terrible. Like, there are guys that come in 30 pounds over week of fight week. I mean, if that's, if that's what your body does, that's what your body does. I mean, he's a big dude for 170. Like, he is a yes. dude. So what they said was he was within 10 pounds and you'll know this better than, but his body started to lock up and cramp and he would start vomiting and having convulsions and passing out. 
So they, the UFC sent a doctor up to him to check him out, and they told him to stop cutting weight. And that was on Wednesday. Yes, yeah, it's Wednesday. called rab, It's called rhabdomyolysis. So, you know, I don't know if that's a just a, a really bad weight cut, a freak accident. Usually that happens where either you don't have enough water, you're not taking water, and all this happens all the time with the wrestlers that we have at our school, and I'm sure that you see in MMA where people, they don't, it's not a healthy weight cut, it's just basically, how do I drain my body of every fluid inside of you? And when that happens, your your body, like what happens, locks up, I mean, it, it basically starts to die. And that's what, you know... It's a weird conversation right now about weight classes, cutting weight. Cutting weight is the most dangerous thing in fighting because yeah, you I mean, have guys like Shamaya. Didn't it kill someone here recently in a different event? A different. Um, I'm sure it has. I'm sure we we could find some situations of. Where it's done, you know, some pretty bad damage to people. I mean, I remember that one chick, it happened on this year's car where she was, you know, couldn't stand up on the scale and she was crying. And you know what? Yeah. They let that fight go. Let that fight go on. And she's like, doesn't have the strength to stand up. So that, I understand making, that's what you're contractually able to do. But as a fighter, you're also thinking, hey, if my best chances are if I weigh 220 pounds and I can force myself to 170 and I'm three times the size of this guy, well, is it worth me, you know, destroying my body to get there? You know, Dana, as much as Dana says that he cares, they, you know, they don't care. They, they don't care. No, but he only cares about is the money that he brings in. Of course. And that's what every business owner and promoter, does and any promoter that says they don't it's it's lying to you uh but the weight classes somehow need to change by 10 pounds because you think about it like 85 to 205 is a big gap yeah they talked about this or i've heard people talk about this um like joe rogan has and he's been around i mean if you don't know joe rogan has been around mma for what 25 years since 95 95 was his first event okay so 27 years um but i mean there's a big gap between light heavyweight and heavyweight and from light heavyweight to then middleweight and then you could even say from middleweight to welterweight is even a, a a big gap really so I, I think I think yeah you could add in a couple of a couple of weight classes in there maybe to try and it's, it's like you don't want to oversaturate it like boxing where every you know three pounds is a division. I do agree with that though it's almost there like every five or every ten because there are some monsters that fight at small like Luke Rockhold fights at eighty five like Luke Rockhold is six five and probably walks around at two thirty. Rampage always said he used to walk around at 250, 240, fighting at 205. Oh, I believe that. He was yoked out of his mind. Like, these are just massive human beings who, you know, and it's that wrestling mentality of coming off the scales and making this weight and depleting your body. And what dehydrating yourself to that max actually does to you. The the biggest thing this weekend that I think hurt Shemaev was, I don't know if it hurt him, but he's made a complete heel turn where, you know, everybody before this fight, you know, was Shemaev, 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 misses weight, smiles on the scales that he's, you know, eight, eight and a half over. And now everybody has turned on him, which I think makes him a bigger star because now everybody's going to want to see him lose. Now everyone's going to tune in to watch him. Now there were some haters before then that, you know, after the Gilbert Burns fight, oh, he's not that good. He's not that good. But, yeah, you want to see him fight now. I do think that Kevin Holland would have been a better fight than Diaz. I think he would have hurt. He really would have hurt Diaz. I'm kind of glad that fight didn't happen. But, you know, there's a lot of fights out there for him that I would like to see. Him versus Paulo Costa. Him versus Colby Covington. Um, kind of because we, we don't actually know what he can do he can stand and bang like he did with gilbert burns 
He can shoot, take somebody down, and choke them out in a minute like he did Kevin Holland. He's still kind of a mystery, but we want to see that top-flight competition to see what he does against the Paula Costa. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I don't know if Paul Paula would probably be the the big banger that he would probably have to. I mean, it's just going to be a a slugfest because I don't think that's going to go to the ground much, unless obviously Shemaya takes him there, takes him there. Um, I think Colby Covington's more more of a well rounded fight for him, which yeah. I think will show you know how good he is and test kind of his true colors. Um. That's that's not a bad one. Um, I I think that would probably be the better, the better fight. Um, I mean, Dana has done it before. Just sends people straight up into the championship fight. I mean, is it his time? I don't know. I mean, he he's he's top three, guaranteed. Yeah, like, agree. He's top three fighter. Um, but it's also like if he's your cash cow and he wants to fight and he's healthy. Keep putting him out there. You don't have a John Jones. You don't know when Connor's coming back. Like Francis says he's not going to fight on a new contract. Like you need to start building these stars and this dude's making money right now. So, you know, if he's still wanting to fight, doesn't matter what weight, keep putting him out there. Yeah. I mean, that's your only cash cow right now. True. Because you think about that card. Is there any other person on that card that people that, okay. Um, you could say Diaz because he's this old school. Somehow, you know, people have built this following for him. But let's be honest, Diaz has lost like his last four or five. Yeah, before, I mean, I, I think fight. his like, last true true win was against Connor, right? Yeah, and it's not like cool. He stands there, he bangs, he he throws the bird, he talks this and that. Like that's great, but he's not a, you know. You're, you're you're relying on your older, more your older generation of UFC that are going away. That's fans. why you know him versus Tony is great. That's the two geriatrics fighting. Tony, you know he's on a massive losing streak, and he wants the spotlight more than anybody else. He would have got who was going to fight Lee, right? He was going to fight the Chinese guy, or yeah. and he would have got murdered by that guy, but. You know, it's not, it wasn't a pay per view that I'm not going to pay to watch because the only guy that I really cared about was, was Shamayev to see what he would do. Yeah. No, I'm with you on that. Um, yeah. I, it's, it's weird because it's like, and we talked about this a little bit. It's almost like Dana has his cash cows, but he, he really just kind of cuts the checks and he only just kind of, he takes as much as he can get rather than like trying to promote his his the UFC brand or trying to you know bring on new fights pay his fighters get them the health care they need he, he he doesn't care he doesn't care as much well, as he should. I, I can see that a couple different ways like you know he's got 750 dudes on the roster like stand out and make yourself money like th- think about it like nobody knew who sh- who Sean O'Malley was and he got to the contender series, you know, talked a little junk, you know, had a couple impressive fights, then started dyeing his hair, smoking weed, doing podcasts, and then built himself up. That's what you need to do to be a star to make some money. Get people interested in, in yourself. Now, yeah. Dana, Dana not paying people, like, you know, a t- people want to get on the 12 and 12 for a first contract. Yeah, that sucks. But let's be honest. Let's look at most let's look at most professional boxing cards. You could take the last 10 top ranked cards or Bob Arum cards or whoever you want to look. The first fighters for this, this weekend, for example, triple G and Canelo are fighting for the third time. I'm sure they're both getting five, $6 million. I'm sure the co-main event who I have no idea who it is, is probably getting in the fifties and forties. You go down to the guys who are the first, second, third fight of the night. Some of those guys are getting a hundred bucks a round. Some of those guys are making less than $2,000 and all of this gets put out to the California state athletic commission to show. So people who are boxing, you know, four, eight, 10 rounds for $2,000 at not win money, not show money total, you know, 12 and 12 is not bad. Plus you get a bonus. If you got your computer, right? 
Yeah. Tell me how much, what is the UFC's revenue per year? Uh, is that per event or per year? Revenue per year. Okay. UFC revenue per, uh, per year is uh, John Nash reported Friday. This was June 10th of this year. The UFC earned over $1 billion for through the first quarter of 2022 that's april through april 1st 2021 through march 31st so on an entire fiscal year they're making four billion dollars oh let's see best financial year was last year's 5.1 billion total okay that's all I needed to hear. $5.1 billion company. You have a billion dollar company and you can't tell me that you can't pay some of your good athletes $30 million for a fight because they're going to fight once a year. Okay. So I'll bring this to you. If there's nobody backing the fighters, what makes Dana want to pay them? Think nobody about backing this. the fight. What are you talking about? So think about, think about the big three sports. NFL, NBA, MLB. What do they all have? They got sponsorships. No, you don't make. What do they have? What do they have that makes contracts as much as they are? What do all three? What do all major sports have that the UFC does not? Agents. No, they all have agents. All the fighters have. I don't agents. know. You tell me. Players associations, collective bargaining agreements. If the fighters can't band together, which they have tried twice, and people will not sign on to it, there's nothing that holds Dana and the UFC accountable to make them pay them what they asked. I get that. I mean, in, in that aspect, then yeah, you're right. Maybe it is. Maybe it is the fighters. But it's the fight. If the fighters had a sack, and Tim Kennedy did a couple. Because Tim Kennedy led this a few years ago, where him, Cowboy, it was like a handful of guys, they wanted to get a fighters association together. Think about it like the NFLPA or mm -hmm. the Baseball Players Association or whatever. What is that? That is players coming together as a union to create a collective bargaining agreement to say, hey, you know, we're partners in this company with you to make money. Let's negotiate the TV contracts, which players get a part of. Let's talk about the revenues, all the revenue streams that players get in the NFL, 49% of. So there's more money coming in. That's where those big contracts come from. So if you can't get fighters to sign their lives away because they don't trust whoever then it's more on the fighters than anything else because an agent can only get you so much. You're only worth what you can negotiate right then. Do you think part of that is because of the immaturity of the sport then? Immaturity? No, I think it's, I think it's more of people afraid of being, and Tim Kennedy said this too, people being afraid of being blackballed by Dana. Like, Hey, if you, you know, if you guys join a union, I'm not going to let you fight in this league. Like, okay. But get, if you get everybody, if you get the, if you get the top 10 fighters to be on this, John Jones, Shamayev, you know, Gilbert Burns, Connor, you get, you get yeah. McGregor and Ganu. Like if I'm Connor McGregor, my next big move is to do that. Take talk well, about you probably get there. I mean, he's well, he's actually a pretty good businessman. So I well, I think cocaine's a hell of a drug, and I don't know how much. Hey, longer. you know what? It it works for some other people who are. Who are but I think it, if, people, wealthy. if people want to talk about you know money and they compare it to boxing, which we just said that the boxing undercard is worth like you know you get paid sparring rounds a hundred bucks to show up. Like people at IBG pay people a hundred bucks. There's a dude at IBG who flew over to uh, spar uh, the guy that fought Tyson Fury last. And he got a hundred. You got to fly him to Spain, but he got a hundred bucks around. Um, but if if you think about boxing and their model, so here's how the boxing model works. 
This is why they're going to Saudi Arabia and everything more. People pay a site fee to the promoter. So here's the site fee for, let's say, you know, Fury's last fight. I think it was in Saudi Arabia. The site fee is $160 million. So there's your revenue. Now you take your $160 million and you split it among the two camps, which has to be negotiated through the promoter, which the A side is always the one that the promoter is linked to. And then the B side gets, you know, it's a 80-20 split, nine times out of 10. Rarely is it even close to 60-40. And then the guys on the undercard get the scraps because they're more than likely either the up-and-comers, because you think about boxing, all you know is the handful of big-time names. You don't know the up-and-comers. You don't know the guys who are, I mean, there's dudes fighting on cards who are, you know, one in 26. Yeah. So it seems, it seems like, it seems like from that perspective, if you think about the big three sports and then you think about MMA and boxing and, and these other sports, it seems like a, the, the sport itself has not matured to understand the business side of the sport. Yeah. <clears throat> and you just need, honestly, you need that to probably further it as it, and as you it moves need some people to strap on a set and, and stand up. It's going to take some great fighter ruining, not ruining, but you know, sacrificing their career to stand up and believe in something to get everybody else on board with. Because you think about, you know, the owners don't like the NFL PA. Like they got to give up. What's the, what's the whole point of having an agent and a collective bargaining agreement. If I'm Jerry Jones, I don't want to pay Dak Prescott any money. I want to give him as less as possible and get as much out of him. Well, that's what the job of the agent and the NFL PA are for to negotiate what they're worth. And in MMA, it's hard because there's no kind of boundaries you can stay in. It's, I mean, I can negotiate an MMA contract and it's not that hard because there's no rules. It's like the UFC. All right, here's your first contract. Here's your first four fights. You're going to get 12 and 12. Okay. Well, you're kind of stuck on that because there's nowhere to negotiate with. Yeah. 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 I mean, no, you make good points. It is what it is. But oh, how I think about, until that advances, you're going to be stuck. I don't know if you watched the press conference today, but how about Jake Paul versus Anderson Silva? Yeah, I are you I interested? Hope, I am only because Anderson, you know, my guy. But I just hope he doesn't make a fool of himself, and I don't think he will. I'm interested. Ander- eight round fight at 100, 180 pounds or 185 pounds? I think or 187 That's what Anderson pounds. Fought at. 187 pounds. Okay. Um, and Anderson, you know, as a boxer, looks good. Well, I mean, we always knew that he was really good at at um, striking, even in MMA. He was just—he's very fluid with his movement, and he always—he always seemed to know the distance and keep his distance. Um, I mean, where he got caught was just—you know—showboating a little too much, but yeah. Um, but I mean, everybody falls eventually, right? I mean, th- he's three and zero or four and zero. He beat you know Julio Chavez Jr., who's you know former world champion. Like Anderson can box, so it's going to be interesting. He's the taller fighter. It's Jake Paul's first time fighting a southpaw, and if you've never fought a southpaw, it's completely ass backwards. If you've never, like, if you're a right-handed fighter and you throw a jab at a southpaw, you've basically screwed yourself. So he's going to have to learn to fight different. Um, I'm kind of glad the Rockman fight fell through. Like Rockman's, you know, not like his dad. Um, and Jake Paul needs this. He needs something to get him notice and credibility. As much as I don't like the guy, he's one of the great marketers of himself. Like, yeah, part of that's because of Logan and true his business. His true, business but he's right. also now have the reputation of everybody wants to see him lose. And yes. he's, he's, the, got, he's, the he's got the hook right now of Anderson Silva. You got the other side. You got the MMA side coming in like, oh, yeah, we remember Anderson Silva. Like, he's not Tyrone Woodley. He's not, you know, 
Ben Askren. Andrew, Anderson made a lot of people look stupid. This is Anderson Silva. He's the one that looked at Forrest Griffin throwing punches like, dude, you can't touch me. Yeah. So I will say I am interested. I will not buy it just like any other pay-per-view. I will uh, stream the mess out of this. Yes, um, for sure. Yeah. Uh, all right. So we we talked a little bit about week one and what, what happened. Let's get into and I brought this up just before the podcast. Let's tie this into cards. Yep. Based upon week one and what we're seeing, who are the what's hot? So who's hot? The top three, who's hot? And then the top three, who's not? Who's not? Who's going on the way down, falling off a cliff? Don't buy their cards or else you, you you're not gonna get anything. Yeah. Who's hot? Who's not this year in cards? <laughs> you know, I'm not going to put this on my list, but did you see people are buying Carson Wentz cards like nobody's business right now? Like he had and a couple idiots. sales of three grand and more yesterday. That it's kind of like, did they forget that he, how bad he was last year? Just wait, just wait till he starts throwing some left-handed balls, and you know we'll go it's from coming. there. All right, let's start with uh, with the who's who's hot. I think that's that's going to be a little bit easier, and then we'll get into who's not. I'll start. Yeah. Um, who's hot? I think this is really really easy. Number three, I have Mahomes. He goes out and thrust tosses five touchdown passes. No Tyreek Hill on the field. It looks like he didn't miss a step, and everybody's yeah. sitting there thinking. Well, why didn't I buy Ty- why didn't I buy Patrick Mahomes this summer? Why, why didn't I do that? Yeah. And and now they all look stupid. Yeah. Um I, I will say I didn't expect Patrick Mahomes personally to to play as well as he did. Mm-hmm. So he got my attention. And I think he's kinda if he continues to play at this level, I mean, you're talking about potential MVP candidate, you're talking about, you know, a guy who's gonna carry his team potentially to another Super Bowl. You know, he's been to two out of the last three, and he's been to, what, three three or four straight NFC or AFC championship games? So, I mean, if anything, the 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 road to the Super Bowl goes through Kansas City. Um, wow. Number two, Justin Herbert. Granted, he was playing at home. He had, a you know, kind of this revitalized defense playing around him. But offensively, he looked good. He looked good. He looked efficient. He looked like he was – Playing within himself, he wasn't trying to reach. He wasn't trying to do too much. He looked like he was just playing cool, calm, and collected. Tosses two ninety, what two ninety seven, two eighty seven, and three tutties. So easy day for him at the office. They go and they handle the Raiders pretty well. Um, I, I think the Chargers will be good. I mean, they looked really good. And then last one, <sighs> the guy who took my my Rams and bent them over a table. Uh, Josh Allen, uh, he was the star of the summer and the off season, and he is still the star after last week. So he is number one. Who's hot? I'm going to try to stay away as much as possible from from your hot. Um, I will say, here's my three, and I'm just kind of scrolling through real quick. Um, guys who are hot, number three, and we're talking about investing or not even investing but cards that you know are probably going to make a little bit of a bump during i'll say one if you don't say this okay i'll say one at the end that i like so basically i'm gonna have off the top of my head uh, i have three maybe four okay um i'm and i'm trying to think outside quarterbacks too so i'll say Ooh, I, I, yeah, there's yeah, that's a good point. So uh, here, here, I'll my honorable mention. I'll give an honorable mention. Saquon Barkley. That's Saquon. who I was gonna say. Yeah, Saquon. So Saquon, like this is he showed yesterday. If, man, if you've been hanging on to Saquon cards, it might be a good year to keep hanging on to him. Yeah, um, he's healthy. You know, he showed that top end speed again. Like Saquon is a monster, and he's got. Not a great team, but he's got a better team around him. Would love to see it more. I kind of wish I never got rid of my Saquon cards. But, you know, if you're holding them, it might be a good idea. 
midseason and kind of see because after week one, you know, that helped you a lot. Uh, so number three on my list, I'm going to go Mitchell Trubisky. Trubisky, you know, he looked not bad. I mean, he kind of proved that the Bears just straight up ruined him for, for many, many years and and didn't get a fair shot. Obviously, in Buffalo, he's not going to start in front of Josh Allen, but proved that he's a the dude's a starting quarterback against a team that just went to the Super Bowl. Let, let's be honest, the, the Bengals aren't a great defense, but Mitchell Trubisky, like we had high hopes coming out of college for him. Uh, number two, um, who do I want to go with? Number two, number two, let's go Lamar Jackson, you know, betting on yourself, throwing what four tutters, like slinging the ball around the field. I know he played the jets. Like jets are going to be the punching bag of the league like normal, but you know, Lamar Jackson, until you stop him, he's not Patrick Mahomes, but you know, he's, the next best option if you like that running quarterback sidearm slinger. He's he's as talented of a runner at quarterback as Patrick Mahomes is as a passer at quarterback. Yeah. And number one for me, like you can't there there's no uh, it's gotta be Patrick because he has the highest ceiling, he has the highest card value, and if you've been holding at all, like all you're doing is making money with Patrick Mahomes. There's no wrong that you can – like, there will be dips, but he plays like he did this past weekend against Arizona. Just hang on to him, man. You can hang on to him for the next 10 years and be million-dollar cards. Yeah, I, I I, don't think you're wrong with that. I think he uh, he proved to he proved to people that it did matter. It did yeah. matter who was It doesn't matter. Even though, even though you got – you know, Justin Herbert is a good quarterback. Hasn't shown greatness yet. He's good. And he's got that uh, prism, the prism, the black one one that went for a million dollars. The shield went for 1.8 million. Okay. If the shield went for 1.8 million, which is ridiculous. Exactly. Because he hasn't done anything yet. Yes. He hasn't even made the playoffs. We're playing on hype where at least Patrick Mahomes has a Super Bowl Mm -hmm. ring. Yep. So, you know, if you're holding Patrick Mahomes, keep holding. Yep. So that, that's okay. three, I, I like that. I like that. Um, I will say two honorable mentions, and this comes out of two people from the same game. Number one, uh, A.J. Brown looked like a god out there. It looked like he hasn't had a quarterback who could throw to him. And with playing in that Philadelphia offense, he could be he could be a he could be a fantasy stud. He could be really good. Um, he could be a top five guy. Um and then the other one, DeAndre Swift. He DeAndre was Swift. running the crap out of the ball, catching the ball. You beat me with A.J. Brown, DeAndre Swift, and um, Jonathan Taylor pretty much yeah. by yourself. So, DeAndre yeah. Swift is a great player on a terrible team. He is. He is. I th- although I think the Lions are better than people think. Well, I guarantee they're better, but... I want to see them win some games. Uh, I do too. I just I wish too. they had a different quarterback. Yes. Um, all right, let's move on to who's not. Who's do you not? want to start your list or do you want me to do mine? Oh, okay, I'll do I'll do my three. They're all yeah. quarterbacks, I'll tell you that right now. Yeah, we probably have two or three the same. Okay, so number three, Trevor Lawrence. Not okay. like Trevor Lawrence, you're on a bad team, you're gonna stay on a bad franchise. You know, you lost to Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz beat the Jaguars, which you couldn't do with the Colts. Take that as what you will. Um, you might get Travis Etienne back. You spent a bunch of money on – I mean, he didn't spend a bunch of money, but the Khan family spent a bunch of money on uh, Christian Kirk, who is not getting paid like a number one receiver, is not a number one receiver. You have subpar people in the backfield. Your defense sucks. You're you're gonna end up in the bottom half of the AFC or the bottom half of the the division, and then be top tier or bottom tier team of the AFC anyway. Trevor Lawrence, you know, if you you can only do so much, and even what I've seen still isn't that great. He still has yeah. a couple years 
of anything. What's what sucks is he plays in a system where and he plays a system in a franchise where he will not succeed. No, he just no, won't. he he's got that he's gonna be and I hate hate to say it, Daniel Dimes type system, minus the, the turnovers. He's, he could be a he could be a Matthew Stafford, but we'll never know until he gets out of Jacksonville. Exactly. Um, number two, Trey Lance. Oh, dude, if you had Trey Lance, you are you are kicking yourself because he looked like dirty brown trash water. I have him as my number two. He yeah. looks god awful. Yeah, Trey Lance, god awful. You know, I you posted that thing on Instagram about the the Trey Lance National Treasure Shield that was pulled like. Oh, dude! If I have Trey Lance cards right now, I'm just hoping he doesn't turn out to be garbage. And if yes. Jimmy G gets put back in as a starter, you better throw them Trey Lance cards away because yep. that's all that's going to be bad. Yep. Uh, number one for me, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron <laughs> Rodgers, garbage, garbage. And it's not even just because of him; it's going to be because of the team around him. Sorry, you can look over. Javante Adams ain't there no more. You you're in year whatever you're a leader you're gonna pout and do whatever on the sidelines but you know man you gotta lead this team you gotta get in these dudes ass but Aaron Rodgers cards are gonna take a major hit not that they're super expensive or through the roof anyway but if you're holding Aaron Rodgers you're just holding for for long term legacy this is not the year to move it's gonna be a down year if you're investing or holding in Aaron yeah. Um, my number three was Aaron Rodgers, um, and the reason why is uh, you, you don't have – okay, you could give all the excuses in the world that you don't have your wide receivers and and you don't have – you don't even have Alan Lazard out there who is supposed to be your number one. Um, you don't have Devontae Adams anymore. But you specifically said in the offseason that that stuff doesn't matter and you're going to go out there and you're going to still be able to play. And – you showed just how he, here's here's my comparison. How many years did we see Tom Brady play with white garbage undersized wide receivers from division two and three colleges and take them to Super Bowls? Oh, did you name them? What do you have and what does Aaron Rodgers' excuse then? What is Aaron Rodgers' excuse? It's like I said, man, you're the leader of the team. Make the guys work. Yep. Just he needs to go back to Costa Rica and just do ceremony ayahuasca ceremonies for the rest of his life. He needs to just he should bring retired. Ricky Williams with you. He should have retired last year. Like, yep. Move on. Agreed. Like you don't. You know. Do you really love the game anymore? Like who? Can, no. No. There's nothing for you to accomplish. Yep. Nothing. Um, number two, Lance. Um, he played like trash. Garbage. I don't care. I don't care if if he if, if it was a monsoon or whatever. I mean, he did. He looked like he was wearing bucket feet out there. Like he'd never played in a rain game before, and which makes sense because he does play in a dome. But that's no excuse. No, no excuse whatsoever. Um, and then my number one, pretty obvious here, uh, Dak Prescott. Mm. Um, it's hard to do. Anything to boost your prices when you're sitting there uh, naked on a beanbag eating Cheetos for eight weeks. And that's what he's going to be doing. So, And can't stay healthy. No, can't stay cannot healthy. stay healthy. No. No, so, I agree. Pretty simple right Good there. List. Yeah, good list. I like it. Um, week one. Week one finishing up right now. I think yep. I haven't even watched a, a second of the Denver game. What's the 17 score? 10. Seahawks are up with three seconds left. Geno Smith. Geno Smith, boys. Geno Smith is showing why Russell Wilson was clearly Overrated. a poor, or poor choice. So, all right. Cool. All right. Cool. The next week. Week okay, two next, next week. week. Let's talk about, and we'll we'll try to get white freeze wax on. I think we should talk about the World Cup. It's coming up, especially for us who are holding soccer cards. And what about know- the products? We need to talk about the products coming too. Dude, Have you heard about like some, some, some of those? I like some soccer products. How about an Mbappe patch auto? Because he signed an exclusive deal with Panini. Yep, but he, they're supposed to have imminence. 
by the time World Cup comes out. They're, uh, what's it called? Museum or something like that. They have some stuff now that I've been getting Josh into that it's kind of like, because he's very big on, on rookie cards, on prospect cards, and I'm trying to get him to the patch auto game and his collection so deep, but we need to talk about the World Cup. It's coming up so yep. soon. We need to talk about the players, the prospects, moving some cards. You know, if you don't know, it, it, a lot of people know, you know, the big three, big four, Mbappe, Ronaldo, Neymar, Messi, you know, Holland. There's your big five. So we're going to need to talk about the outside, who we're going to look at, the Kai Havertz, guys like that, who uh, I'm excited. I'm actually going to pay super close attention to the World Cup this year, which is going to be awesome. Yes. So thanks again to our sponsors, MySlabs, MySlabs.com, buy, sell, all of your slab cards, wax, comic books are up to only 1% fees. They got a new uh, uh, partnership with Slabfolio now where you can simultaneously list your cards on my slabs and eBay at the same time and uh, don't have to worry about the double sale because it'll automatically take it off. So check that out. Go to my slabs, go to their Instagram and read more about that. Um, slab savers. You know, if you got good cards, always protect your cards. Use Slab Savers, protectyourslabs.com. Use code DREAM3. It's going to get you 10% off your product. Uh, graded card solutions. Go to gradedship.com. Protect your cards when you ship them. Obviously, you hate to get bad feedback, and you can't trust the post office, UPS, FedEx, wherever you ship your cards. Make sure they're protected because no one likes to be shipping a $4,000 card and it comes out cracked because the UPS man dropped it and backed over it with his truck. And finally, our friends at Nation Golf, nationgolfcompany.com. If you're in the San Clemente, California area, go check out their shop. You can go in store and buy some Nation Golf gear now. Go, go hit up my man, Adam Hawk and Ryan Engel. Great guys. If you love the game of golf, go to nationgolfco.com and get you some gear. As for me and Neil, that is it for us this week on ep episode 34 or 43, sorry, dyslexia. We'll get back at it with episode 44. We'll talk about the World Cup. So until next time, see y'all later.